Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Hello everyone. It's my pleasure to invite you to this Behind the Scenes podcast episode with Dr. Anand Deshpande, who's the founder and chairman of Persistent Systems, a publicly traded global technology services provider. Anand has decades of experience in scaling his business and managing uh, board members and creating a great board to be effective to contribute to the success of his company. Most private companies while they think of product, market, funding, don't often think of ways in which they can create best-in-class boards and create best practices in board conduct. Anand, thank you for joining Behind the Scenes Kalari podcast and your willingness to share your insights and learning from your deep experience. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Vani. It's a real pleasure to be on this show. You know, more and more, there is a discussion about the role of a board member and the role of the board itself in uh, uh, our ecosystem, which is the venture ecosystem and the startup ecosystem. The role of board member and the board in a public company is quite clear and uh, familiar to uh, most people. But in private companies, based on the stage of the company, how should we think about the role of the board? Uh, it's a very uh, important question, Vani. And I think uh, the, the, while uh, we may say that the public companies have figured it out, I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done even on the public company boards. But let us focus on the private company boards and especially VC-funded private company boards and uh, smaller company boards. See, the thing is, boards have a really interesting uh, opportunity to influence companies. It gives the founders and the companies a great opportunity to bring in people who are not full-time in the company, but are available to the company for various kinds of things. And this uh, is a really nice mechanism where the founders can get a sounding board and a group of people who they can sort of count on for advice and ongoing support, uh, while the board can also contribute to the company in the growth of the business and to bring sanity to the long-term plans of the business. You know, the board meeting has many components to it. There is, of course, how is the business doing today, which is important, quarter over quarter. But oftentimes, that dominates uh, most early company boards and not enough is done from strategy and more long-term initiatives. So do you have any kind of a guidance on how in a year the board time uh, to best manage uh, should be structured? Uh, Because you're uh, dealing with day-to-day issues and the founders are very engrossed in all the day-to-day issues, there is a tendency to focus a lot on the current and the plans and the current progress of the company. However, the benefit of the board is not as much in the day-to-day activities because the founder really knows what he's doing. And in a VC-funded company, 
the VCs can provide them that day-to-day -day coverage. I think the important value that you can get from the board is the strategic value that you can get where you can think about something that is most, much more long-term and more strategic. And for that, uh, the founder needs to think a little bit about the board meeting. So I have a few suggestions on how this can be done. So one is that uh, the board as such to sit together and think about saying that what kind of strategic things they would like to do on a regular basis and potentially in every board meeting pick up one topic that may be of strategic importance and then rotate it over the next four or five quarters or four or five board meetings that you have. Likewise, the other alternative is to do a one day or a two day offsite once a year where you sort of keep away the day-to-day -day issues from that discussion because then you get a chance to think a little bit broader and bring in maybe other external people or internal team members to be part of that discussion and do a two-day two sort of a longer thought process plan in terms of what may be the future of the business and the surround around it to drive the narrative of what happens in the board meeting. Because if, it's, uh, if it is not planned correctly, then these meetings can get hijacked by someone who is the loudest. And that's something you want to avoid. Maybe it would help for our conversation to talk about what are the different uh, responsibilities and uh, uh, purpose that a board serves from the perspective of a young founder who's setting up board for the first time. How should they think about this? So let's first start about how do you create a board as such. So my opinion is, and this is something that uh, I had the pleasure of attending a session by Narayan Murthy sort of early on when we were doing our business. And one of the things he mentioned is that you want to make sure that the board has balance and diversity. So what that means is that you bring in different people who sort of correspond to the team on your side as well. So if you are running a tech company, then you might want to get someone who brings in sales, somebody who brings in marketing, somebody who brings in finance. So you want a board to complement the capabilities of the founder and the CEO and make that board to be effective, but not very large either. And also you want to get people on the board who have, of course, good reputation, but are willing to provide time to the board as well. So that is a, another important thing. Now, what are the basic things that you would expect from the board? So what happens is that when a founder runs a business, he's usually uh, the boss of the business and he tends to think of everything in his own time scale. Having a board creates a little bit of a guidance and a sounding board for the founder. So he has someone he can go and talk to. They also have now uh, an opportunity to define what their plans are going to be next quarter and the quarter after that. So board becomes a very nice place to checkpoint various activities through the quarter get everyone involved and say, okay, this is what I was supposed to do. Here's my checkpoint. Here's my plan for the next quarter. The other two important roles that I find boards really are very valuable for are disputes amongst team members. Because what happens is when you try to hire other senior people or peers in your business, they are always worried that the founder has all the cards in their hand and it's a very unfair deal for someone coming in. So there's always a little bit of suspicion on that topic. So having board members actually helps uh, create that balance for the other people who are not the founder because then the founder has someone to talk to and listen to. So this sort of dispute resolution or you know, getting things moving if things get stuck is another role that the board needs to play. Succession planning and other, other related things are also kind of important. Sometimes founders find it that they don't want to continue on it 
or they may not be right people for the business when it gets to the next level. And at that point, it becomes the board's responsibility to ensure that the company's success is kept at the center and while certain decisions are being made. And one last thing I want to mention is regarding conflict of interest and various other things. And this is something we should talk a little bit more later today as well. But uh, I think that's one of the, the very important things that the board can play a role in helping the founder uh, be clear about what is personal and what the what is the company's. That brings me to a different question, uh, really, uh, um, and which is, what can founders do to grow themselves to actually be able to handle diverse, complex boards? Because you can get an independent board member, they all solve for certain problems. But right. first and foremost, the CEO and the chairman, which is usually the same, uh, you know, have to have some coaching, some training, self or self-learning on how to handle uh, different personalities, different styles, um, and uh, keep uh, a board in sync, right? Uh, so what can we do as a founder to create that self-learning in myself first, right? Because that's an important thing. Yes, Vani. I think one of the things that the CEO or the founder can do is to define the purpose and the goal of the board as well. So the board should know what they are expected to do. A lot of times that itself is missing and that's very hard to do to say, you know, for a young founder, he's got all these board members who are sort of say, celebrities carry their own weight, don't listen to people, don't do homework. And they just show up at board meetings and say whatever they feel like. So I think it's very difficult for the founder CEOs to sort of push back to the board members as well. But I think this is something that we uh, as a community need to help uh, young people to see how to become leaders and they need to learn how to manage the boards. And board management has a couple of things. You don't want to do it only in the board meeting because in a meeting it gets to a point where you have to force a decision. So having relationships with the board members on an ongoing basis, keeping them abreast of what you need to do, making sure you address their concerns before they show up in the board meeting is often a very useful thing to do. What I find also very effective is that I run usually my board meeting on a three to four page executive summary. So I typically write down all the decisions I'm expecting. What is my opinion on these decisions? Why do I expect these are my choices that I want to make decisions on? And then have that upfront and available to board members. So we are not getting distracted all over the place, but trying to force that, okay, we need to make these decisions. These are information, things for information. These being most important, I want to make sure that if I'm allocating time for the board, 30% of the time needs to get allocated for these activities and 20% for something else. Otherwise, you get into a sequential scan and the first thing that might just derail the whole meeting because people just argue on something that's potentially trivial from the company's long-term point of view, but can be very important for one individual on the board. You had um, earlier referred to a conflict of interest. Let's talk yes. about that. So I think uh, one of the things that uh, is something I find a lot amongst founders and other people is the fact that they are not able to separate what is theirs versus what belongs to the company. And sometimes a lot of the expenses that might seem uh, personal can get attributed to the company and the other way around. A lot of times people don't take salary in the early days, so they, they sort of feel like, you know, they haven't taken the salary, so that salary is somewhere sitting around. 
but actually my recommendation to founders is that one is you should run your book separate from the company's book you should pay yourself salary every month even if you are not able to take it it should get accounted as your money and then if you loan it back to the company you should get whatever interest or equity or whatever else but it should not it should not be something that is completely transparent so your book and the company's book should look very different a lot of other boards that i see including public company boards where you see the bad cases conflict of interest tends to be a very very bad example of things that ruins companies ruins boards because people are not able to people do things which are um, not very transparent nobody knows why it is happening the founder is sitting on both sides of the arbitration so that could be an issue this can happen to board members on the vc side as well so you may be on the you may be on both sides of this discussion and that may not be good you know talking about conflict though uh, i do want to bring up certain things that uh, run into trouble you talked about maybe a founder hasn't taken a salary but sometimes the situation i have seen is that is that precedes the new shareholders coming and there hasn't been a discussion on an agreement but you expect the new shareholder to make you whole for the past and usually that creates a huge conflict right that's a tricky question um, let's assume that they are different because if they are the same then it's a different discussion but i think uh, one has to remember that the ceo's job is to run the business the founder is now part of the investor team in a sense so the founder doesn't run the business he started the business and because of his being the founder in the business he may have had a large share of equity because they showed up early they put in the early sweat that went into the business so they might have higher shareholding than the ceo who comes in much later but at the point that the ceo is the ceo he is running the business so the ceo needs to have the power to make those decisions now the founder may be part of the board and may have the decision to basically fire the ceo should that be a necessity but uh, the ownership and execution of the company have to be separately thought of and the ceo's job is to execute to the guidelines of the board but really be responsible for the the decisions on a day to day basis and the founder should stay out of those decisions again hard to do but that is what is required one more tricky question in that regard oftentimes um founders haven't thought about when does the board fire a ceo hopefully never and like i said the founder and the ceo could be the same person but let's talk about when is a board obligated to bring in a new ceo again you know i think more importantly let me sort of flip this from the founder's point of view and uh, sort of say and this is again relating to the previous comment i we made and i i had this personal situation for myself which i have written about in the past and that is the difference between my company and our company so when the founder starts the business he starts the business as if it's his company and all decisions that get made are made because they must suit the founder and his lifestyle so in certain cases if the founder is a techie and he likes doing technical work he may not want to do other things because you know that's what he likes doing is he doing what he likes doing and he sees this is his company and he can make that choice as the company grows and you start to get to the next level i think people are now looking for situation where it becomes our company not my company 
and if it's our company then my job in the company is to be doing what is aligned to the company's interests first before looking at my own interests and that transition is very important and very hard for founders to make once you made that transition to say that you are running you are part of you as your individual and your aspirations are different from the company's aspiration and for the company the company's aspirations come first your aspirations come second once you get that kind of a discussion within the founders mind that they at least understand what is the their goals versus the company's goal and if the company's goals are certain things and it doesn't align with you then maybe you should move off of your ceo job in some form or the other so that is a transition that needs to happen from the ceo's point of view as well ideal size of a board i'd say um, it depends the way i would put it is that if you are looking at a very small business so start with 3 maybe one independent but if it is little bit bigger you have vcs and other people involved in it go to 5 or 7 uh typically 7 is probably a good good size for a board of this kind where you might have two founders two from the vcs uh, and then about two or three people who are independents so that way the board feels like it's balanced there are four people who are from the you know who are shareholders or equity owners in the company to round the board off and uh, one last question to wrap up uh what would be a situation in your experience where the board was incredibly helpful in your journey oh all the time uh, so uh, very early on i'll just tell you our history so we uh, so my father was very much part of the early board as the company he was actively involved in the business for the first 20 years or so so he was on the board and uh, you know Uh, it's just two of us, and then we had other people from within the company who were on the board, and we found that it was good to have. We had independent directors in '95 onwards, so we were a very small company, 40 people in '95. So uh, we've had independent directors very early on. I found them very useful because when you're working with your father, then having someone else be there is often very useful because then the meetings become professional and you have a way of pushing back. So that was very early on in the early days. uh then we did a round of vc investment in 2001 i found that the we, the fact that we had independent directors was very valuable intel invested in persistent and at that point uh, you know having some of that stuff really helpful then when we did another round of vc investment in 2005 again we had independent directors that was useful and then uh, we've got a lot of business from directors and their network in the past and when we did an ipo again uh, that was very important to have people of stature who are part of the business who are backing the business as well so overall um, many external reasons why independent directors are very useful and internal reasons also when you have conflicts and then in general you know having a board which asks you difficult questions in board meetings really prepares you well for the success of the company and uh, i i really recommend having independent directors and thank you for this uh, time and uh, valuable insights from your experience and learnings and i'm sure there are several things from this conversation that young founders can um, take away in uh, building the business that they dream of building thank you so much anand thank you ani it's a pleasure to be on the show and uh, i look forward to being there again i think we should work together to help 
both founders and board members to learn how to be effective because this is a very useful resource and we can all make a huge difference by working together. Agreed. Thank you so much. Thank you.